I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews chapter number 2. Now we've just finished a section in chapter 1 where God starts out with a great declaration of how he has spoken and is speaking. And it was through his son Jesus Christ and the word of God and the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. So we have the God of the word. And then he went off on this beautiful, in that four verses of one sentence of who Christ is and the creation and you know, all those wonderful things that are said. And he's proven by his superior name and he's proven in the scriptures that he was made better than the angels, higher than the angels, superior to the angels. And it went through and explained that angels were ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation and to minister to those of salvation and what they did. And then we get to chapter number 2 in verse number 1. Therefore, based on the aforementioned, okay, we need to talk about what this means now. So with this therefore, what he's saying is, since the Savior is more than an angel, he's the Son of God, then it is very, very, very important and very serious that we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, before I go any further, if you remember back in the very first broadcast, we were talking about the overview of the book of the book of Hebrews we said that there were five exhortations in the book that shows a spiraling downward that comes from neglecting the word of God and appropriating it into our hearts and lives and the very first one is drifting from the word the second one is doubting the word the third one is dullness toward the word The fourth one is despising the word, and the fifth one is defying the word. And they come as parentheses, parenthetical sections. He gives some things about the scriptures and the wonderful, better, superior Jesus that we have, and then he parenthesizes here. This is what you don't want to have happen. This is what can happen. And it's a progression downward. He's going to talk about now in this first parenthesis, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, Drifting from the word. Drifting from the word. So he connects what has been said and says we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. 
It is very important that we give this heed. Now, when he's talking here, he's saying that we need to be very, very, very careful to give a strong showing of the things of the Word of God. We must give not an earnest heed, but a more earnest heed. It's stacked upon. It's a comparative of degree, exceedingly much more, more frequently, more superabundantly, above and beyond. That is what we are to do, more earnestly, more abundantly. So what is it that we are supposed to do? What are we giving the more earnest heed to? To the things which we have heard. Now, he's already talked about what was written in first chapter 1, which is incredibly important. And they, he went through Scripture of the Old Testament as he wrote New Testament Scripture. And no doubt that these Christians had heard from preachers and all these things. And we are to give the more earnest heed. The word heed has everything to do with to hold into the heart, the mind, the ear, that it goes in and it stays in, not in one ear, not the other, which is what my mom used to say, that, you know, you've got a one-track brain. It goes in one ear and out the other. It has the idea in the nautical term world to hold a ship in a direction that it is sailing towards. We need to give the heed to those things which we are sailing for. We can be careless, and when we do, we're going to be in trouble. The present tense is given here. We need to give the more earnest heed. We have to be continually, constantly attentive to the things that we hear. So let me put it to you into an application mode into our modern day living. You get up, you have your devotions, you open your Bible, you hear the Word of God. If you have prayed before you've read and asked the Lord to open your eyes to the Word of God, then look for Him to open your eyes to that precious Word. But when He does, then you need to give the heed to what He's saying. You need to pay attention. You need to get it, and you need to keep that guard on it constantly. As you add to, keep the guard on what you've already read and put more information into your heart so that you can keep on keeping on for the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, connect it back to the message that we've been given about the great God who's above the angels, who the angels did this and what they did, but God was far above that, and he's the one that came and saved us. Now, why are we to do that? Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. What is it that we are doing that is causing us to do this? On the account of these things, we need to look to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Okay, we see the connection that it is with the word therefore. Now we see the caution. We can drift. We can let them slip. We should let them slip is the translation of one word in the Greek. And it means to flow by carelessly. It has the idea of truths of the gospel flowing by us as a stream of water does if we don't take advantage while they're coming by they'll just go on their way and we won't be helped it's amazing how that occurs there's uh, a lot of things that people have written on this verse and what this word means and it's kind of an interesting thing when it talks about 
what it means. Some people uh, say it has the idea to do as snow would slip off. And it would just slide on by. And uh, others that have to do with the water and uh, how that would go on by. And we look at this let them slip uh, in a book that was written uh, called Beyond All Limits. They, they tell a story of a famed English explorer, William Edward Perry. Now, it's, he mapped out most of the southern polar cap. But on one particular expedition, Perry and his crews were preparing to hike another unfamiliar location. And when they went, they studied the stars, you know, determined their exact location. They got the coordinates through the way they studied the stars in those days. And so as the sun came up, they took their journey. And it wasn't going to be an easy one either. It was going to be long, and it was going to be treacherous and hard to journey north to this region they were headed to that had never been mapped before. As the sun set, of course, they can't go anymore. They made camp totally exhausted from this journey they had made that day. And after their evening meal, they studied the stars again. And Perry looked and determined their exact coordinates. And he was stunned to learn that even though he and his crew had journeyed north all day long, they were now farther south than when they began that morning. And they were trying to figure that out. After struggling to solve the problem, they discovered that although they had traveled north, they were on a giant ice sheet that was floating south faster than they were walking north. Although they were going in the right direction, they were sliding away and did not even know it. That is kind of the idea here. We can let them slip. If we don't take the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, they'll pass us by and we'll let them slip. If we keep trying to walk the right direction, but things are we're being pulled backwards faster than we're being pulled forward, we're going to let them slip. And we must not let that happen. Therefore, we see the conclusion, the going back, the connecting. You need to give the more earnest heed lest at any time we should let them slip. We need to have a caution about us. And listen, this is something that can happen very easily. We need to understand that it can happen in a, in a moment's time. He then goes and says in verse number two, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedient received the just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, we'll deal with verse three in a minute. Let's deal with verse number two. If you come down and you neglect to do things, you will find out that there are consequences to neglect. One of the things that's interesting, uh, a home can sit alone by itself empty for years and without anyone there to take care of it, it is being neglected in its state and it deteriorates over time you go in and you find things that are not working because they haven't been used so you see that there are problems all through it you'll find just to get up to the house if it's been neglected you're going to go through some pretty tall grass to get into it because it has been you know neglected if you neglect in your hygiene and your personal hygiene, uh, people are going to stay aloft of you. If you neglect in taking care of your teeth, you're going to have all kinds of gum disease and cavities and teeth disease. There is a neglect that we need to be careful of. 
So he starts off and says, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast. Now, this goes back to the Ten Commandments being given. And we're told in several passages that angels attended in this giving of the word. Psalm 78, or 68, 17 says, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, as in Sinai, in my holy place. Acts 7.38 quotes from the Old Testament. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness, which the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. It says in Acts 7.53, who have received the law by the dispensation or disposition of angels and have not kept it. Galatians 3.19, wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, it means stable, firm, secure, sure, trustworthy, in force. Then if that was the case, and it was, it, it, there's no question that it was. He said, then if... if that was the case, and every transgression and disobedience received the just recompense of reward, and it did. Whether it was a transgression of a willful act of disobedience or an act of doing nothing when something should have been done, commission, omission, didn't matter. If a person, you know, blasphemed God by worshiping an idol or committed adultery or whatever, they had consequences. And we talked about that in the Old Testament many times. Uh, chapter 13 of the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, don't you listen to someone tries to pull you away from God? Take him out and stone him. He said, if that's the case with angels, if that's the case with who they are, how much more do you think it is for you and I who have the very word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? So he says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Now, listen, there's a lot of people that get this, these four verses and say that it has to do with people losing salvation or never having it. It's not. It is dealing with those of us who are saved, who are not, listen carefully, who are not rejecting the word. He didn't say, how shall we escape if we reject so great salvation? But the word is neglect. And there's a key phrase here, how shall we escape? And there's a word in here that gives us a clue. The writer of Hebrews is a Christian who is being used by the Holy Ghost to pen this down. And they use the word we. They put themselves in it. How shall we escape? He is giving a hypothetical situation based on these verses of people who can let things slip. And he's saying, you can too, if you neglect. And so he comes in and he says, how shall we escape? How shall we escape those things that we're talking about? How shall we flee away from if we neglect so great salvation? The word neglect means to make light of, to be careless, to ignore it, to disregard it. Now, how in the world do you live when you neglect your salvation? Many people, 
it's kind of interesting. Many people have a Christianity that they go to church on Sunday morning and no more. They neglect Sunday night, Wednesday night. They neglect having devotions during the week. They say they got saved. They, they believe in the Lord. They pray. They have their meals but they just don't see the need to serve him. And they'll, all those messages they could have been hearing, they're slipping on by. That devotional time, the word of God is slipping on by. It is going past them. And so some folks you know, may hear a sermon too. They may come and actually hear the sermon, but they never heed what the sermon says. They never take it to heart. Jeremiah 6.10 said, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Wow. This would be a, he's preaching to the children of Israel who just wouldn't listen. They come to the place where they no longer wanted to listen to what was being said. That's a horrible place when you get to the place where you don't listen. And when you don't listen, again, we have this downward spiral. We need to be careful in this downward spiral. In Psalm 50, verses 17 to 22, seeing that thou hatest instruction and easiest my words behind thee, when thou sawest a thief, then thou consentest with him and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine heart, thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Sometimes, you know, people just, they, they reject the very word of God. How shall we escape? if we neglect how are we going to make it in the future how are we going to flee from that the future tense learns to, actually looks out to a time when there will be a reckoning that's going to come and we are guilty of it when we allow the word of god to slip on by us how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation the the idea here is that we can have a lack of proper priority we may believe that this is a great salvation it's important but uh, if I have time, I'll, I'll look at it further. I'll grow in it if I have time. Or maybe the person is distracted. There's just too many things in life that distract and pull us away. We're busy. We, we have things to do. We just can't be uh, always about all these things. We've got to do something. How shall we escape if we neglect? Maybe it's just a disregard for that great salvation you got. Maybe you had some disappointment and you're upset with God over something and you find yourself just saying, you know what, uh, I'm getting a little irritated and you're not, I'm unhappy. I'm not happy anymore. And so I'm just going to sit down and think about this for a while. And you actually neglect that great salvation. And the word so great, think about that, so great. Listen, it, our, great, our salvation is not great. It is so great. It is it's a heaped upon hype of these adjectives. It is rightly termed so great because it's a wonderful message and it's a simple message. And the message says, you can't fix it, God did. You have a sin nature, you can't fix it. You're a sinner, you can't fix it. You are not going to make it to heaven. You're a stench in the nostrils of a holy God. You're in trouble. But Jesus Christ took your place on the cross of Calvary so that God's holiness could be satisfied. And faith and trust in what the Lord did for you and nothing else will place Christ's righteousness in you and you can be saved. It is a great salvation. It is so great a salvation because of its simple message and because of its saving power. 
I'm glad it has saving power. And, and Paul made that crystal clear in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to those who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is a saving power, and it is a securing power. It has the power to keep. Jude 24, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, talks about this great, great saving power that has the power to keep us. And it also is so great because it is offered to all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. It's offered to all. Christ died on the cross for all, but it will only be effective for those who place their faith and trust in him. The word salvation is the great word of what our faith produces. We are saved. We're delivered from the horrible stench of sin. We're delivered from the penalty of sin. We're delivered from the power of sin and one day will be delivered from the presence of sin how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation it's just plain ridiculous and and totally not in conceivable that someone would neglect their salvation because the message came from the lord himself which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. And there were those that heard Jesus preach the gospel in person. That's why he said he turned to his own, his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That's those that he went to right there. But then he went a step further and said, even to them which believe in his name, those of us down the road who did not hear him personally but have seen his words leap off the page as the Holy Ghost convicts us in our lives through the word of God left by the very word himself. And we were saved by the same gospel. And we got those words from our Lord through this scripture and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. Now listen, the message of the gospel is the same. The message of the gospel has never changed, and there's one way to go to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but my me. There's only one way. If you're a Christian and you're saved, you need to be actively pursuing spiritual growth. Don't let things slip by. Don't let them slip. Don't find yourself backsliding. Don't let yourself find yourself with everything going past and you're letting it go. You're getting all these opportunities to hear the Word of God, but you just don't appropriate them. You don't grab onto them. You let it go in one ear and out the other instead of putting your mind into it, your heart into it, and gathering from the Word of God and growing in the very Word of God. Salvation is a free gift from God. The Bible makes it clear that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's through faith, it is through faith we believe, we put our trust in. Now listen, that word faith and trust, we they there that that combination is so uh misunderstood. If I 
say to somebody that I can uh, do this or that and it's something very, very dangerous. And I say, how many of you believe? And people say, "Lo, I believe. I say, okay, you come be part of it with me. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not trusting you. You believe in your head that you think I can, but you don't believe in your heart that it's a done deal. You're not willing to put yourself there. You can believe in your head that Christ died for you, but when you believe in your heart, you're placing your faith and trust in him and saying, I'm putting myself into this. Now we see here that if you're going to grow, you're going to have to appropriate. You're not going to grow if you're neglecting your salvation. And you need to be remind yourself that you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And whatsoever, therefore, you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. God bore witness both with signs and wonders and various or diverse miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Why would you neglect? neglect your salvation when God's confirmed the message by his own witness and through the many miracles that he's done. By the way, the greatest miracle there is, is salvation. There's no greater miracle. But since you've been saved, you've seen God do miracles and miracles and miracles. And he is the miracle working God. And he has proved himself to us by many, many signs and wonders in our own life. They were performed by Jesus in the in the Gospels. We see what he did, but he performs them even in our life. We've seen him take care of us. We've seen that the righteous is not forsaken. Aren't you glad about that? There was a man who wrote a song. He was a preacher. And uh, unfortunately, he, he got away from God. And he wrote the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. But when he drifted away from the word of God in prayer, he found himself out of ministry and miserable. So to seek peace, he began traveling the world, and he came upon a woman who was reading a hymn. She asked him what he thought of the hymn text. It was his song that he had written. He tried to ignore her, but finally broke down and exclaimed that it was he who had wrote the song and that he had slipped and drifted away from God. She said, but these streams of mercy are still flowing. And through her encouragement, Robinson was restored to fellowship with the Lord. It's easy to drift with the current, but it's difficult to go against the stream. Our salvation is a great salvation purchased at a great price, and it brings with it great promises and blessing and leads to a great inheritance and glory. How could we ever think about any way, shape, or form? How could we ever think about neglecting so great a salvation? The writer of that song that we're talking about, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, he wrote a song that I, we, we, we hear and sing, but I wonder many times if we've ever paid attention to that one verse where it says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave, the Lord I adore. Prone to wander. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave, the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, may that be our prayer. May we not let them slip. May we find ourselves growing in the things of God and not drifting from them. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely wonderful week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. 
what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.